Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. IMSA Radio, your route to American sports car racing. Good evening, everybody, and welcome along to round five, the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational. Uh, this is Michelin presents IMSA iRacing at VIR, Virginia International Raceway, a circuit that we lost for three decades in terms of competitive motorsport back in the real world and available for us in the virtual world as well. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindoff with the uh, IMSA iRacing team here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth. We're just over uh, nine minutes away. Nick Damon and Ben Constantiris uh, Ben Constantiris to join me this evening. They've been part of all of the previous four rounds and once again we're lining up half a century, 50 cars to get ready to race. All in GTLM, mirroring real life. The uh, IMSA racing over the last few years at VIR since 2014 has been the... Uh, has been actually a little bit later than that, but has been a GT-only affair with no prototypes involved, although the outright lap record here is still held by Klaus Graf in a Muscle Milk Open prototype, the white, black and red car that he flung round here 42 qualifiers we have had and that is people out on the circuit will we get a few more joining in at the end who haven't turned laps uh, we're going to try and uh, link up now with a, a, a guest this evening and uh, hopefully I'll be able to hear what they are saying at the moment uh, and uh, delighted to welcome Tony Menard, the Motorsports Director of Michelin North America. Uh, hello, Tony. How are you this evening? Uh, good evening. I'm doing well. Thank you. Tony, it's uh, an absolute joy to have you on board with the the virtual version of this race. Michelin, of course, big partners with, with VIR. And actually, you use the facility for a lot of real-world testing for your street tyres. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we um, have the pleasure to uh, to count on the VIR team and the team of Connie Nilholm to uh, to help us on a regular basis for track days, for testing, and uh, and uh, we are extremely happy tonight to be able uh, uh, to present uh, the uh, iRacing Pro Series IMSA uh, uh, by Michelin uh, at VIR. It's a combination of uh, uh, good news for us. The situation at the moment is. Um... To use a, a Ron Dennis uh, ex- explanation is less than optimum for all of us around the world, and uh, and there's a, a lot of things going on outside of motorsport. How has how has Michelin how has Michelin adapted to the current situation with COVID nineteen that has has caused so many problems? Uh, indeed, we have been uh, touched around the world um, uh, by by the crisis and. Uh, so uh, I think we, the chance we have is somewhere we have an international presence and, and, uh, and uh, we learned a lot from what happened at the early stage in China 
because we have facilities over there and we have factories and 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 and, and, and there was a kind of transmission of learnings and know-how uh, between the Michelin teams around the world uh, from Asia first to Europe and you know that our headquarters are in France and then to uh, North America and now South America so it was tough. It is tough because uh, the business in down is down, and uh, if we speak about motorsport activities, everything has been stopped around the world. So uh, we try to adapt. Uh, the company has as well uh, uh, started extremely early to work on uh, how can we support the situation today. So uh, we are producing masks. Uh, we are producing uh, uh, sanitizer. We have uh, uh, launched several initiatives with our uh, subsidiary working on 3D, 3D printing to um, to help uh, hospitals and 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 supply equipment. So it has been a tough time. So uh, waiting for the right moment to 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 resume activity, but in the meantime, trying to help everyone around the world with our company and, and outside of the company uh, we to, 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 to face that situation. Uh, uh, Tony, anyone who, who, who uh, knows a little bit about uh, accents and dialects will have noticed that although you're director for Michelin North America, there's a, there's a French twang in there. Yeah. You're, you're very proudly brought up in uh, in the region of Lesart in department number 72, which of course is, is Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, somewhere a kind of destiny because indeed uh, I was born in Le Mans. Uh, my family is living in Le Mans and close to Le Mans. And uh, and you know when 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 you 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 are born in in Le Mans, uh, the yearly event when you are a kid and when you are an adult later is uh, 24 hours. And and uh, moving to North America uh, now and and working in the motorsport environment, I'm I'm extremely happy to. Uh, on a regular basis to use uh, some references to my uh, hometown and my home country uh, to uh, discuss and to engage with uh, people because indeed Le Mans has a meaning in the, in, in the racing world and I'm extremely happy to, uh, to know a little bit what lies behind uh, the race and to, 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 to have the, the chance to live it several times when I was young. Well, can't wait to see you and talk to you in person, Tony, at Michelin Road Atlanta for Petit Le Mans and hopefully as well at, at the Circuit de la Sarte in September, of course, as it will be this year. Tony Menard from Michelin, yeah. thank you very much for joining us. Good race. I'm sure we will. Uh, the Cho- Tony Menard, Director of Michelin Motorsports, Arthur May, joining us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth here. Here's how they'll line up. Kenton Cook on pole position in the Ford from Bruno Spengler for BMW. Then another four, the 47, Rodrigo Fluke. Not the fastest of starters, Rodrigo. Likes to take time to get a heat into the Michelin tyres. Then Lawrence Van Ter, Shane Van Giesbergen with his best qualifying since he's come into this championship. And we know how quick he is later on. So the strategy may well play out there. Jack Hawksworth and Richard Highstand on four, five. John Edwards and Colin DeFilippi, real-world teammates for BMW. Richard Westbrook starting further up than we've seen him as well. Shinji Mishimi might be a little bit disappointed there. Row 7, Karl Masson and AJ Allmendinger. Good qualifying for Dinger as well in the 60 car. That's one of the Ian Vassar-Sullivan. Five cars they've got and three different manufacturers. Tom Gorman, the qualifying hero in front-wheel drive in Michelin Pilot Challenge in the real world, has Sebastian Prio in the Ford, the 111, the Nelson car. 
for uh, company. Then Row 9, Jesse Cron and Matt Bell for Rebel Rock Racing and the Urban Grid liveried machine. Riley Dickinson, Daniel Morad on Row 10. Row 11, Ben Waddell and Harry Tinknell. Matt Griffin for Ricci Competizione Ferrari, who won here in real life a few years ago, has Scott Hargrove in the bright green number 92, the full torque gear car. Tristan Nunes and Corey Lewis on 13. Robert Wickens back with us again after a super race a couple of weeks ago. He's got Aaron Tillits for company. And then it's Tristan Vautier and, Ro- uh, and uh, Joel Miller on row 15. Tyler McQuarrie and Mason Felipe uh, are on 16. Michael de Casada is back with Joao Barbosa for company on 17. Inside of 18, it's the number 19 car of Parker Chase, another one of the Ian Vassar Sullivan cars. And then behind him, Nick Bull in the double zero. See, that for me, that means Dick Dastardly and Wacky Races. That's what I grew up with, that, uh, that double zero car. Philip Eng uh, with the ZF colours on his car rather than the red and white of BMW Team Austria. Tom Long and Nicky Katzberg behind them. Jules Gunon and Colin Brown on row 21. So we're about halfway through what we uh, might have seen, or towards the back, rather, of what we were expecting to see. And that is your qualifying so 42 cars on the grid exactly as Ben suggested what we'd seen from uh, the qualifying Uh, as we wait for the Porsche to start rolling let's have a look at the Porsche keys to the race as we bring in my co-commentators Ben Constanturis and Nick Damon patience particularly in the early running is a VIR two is a virtue, uh, Ben Constantinus. There's a lot of places here where it really is. Follow my leader. It's a, it's, a, it's interesting, especially as it's a very very tight track, and more importantly, not only is it a tight track, it's tighter than in real life. It's a, this is actually uh, go back in history. This is this is VIR from seven years ago. So the drivers who are racing here for real just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, are finding a much narrower circuit uh, and uh, a much more tricky track with the even more, um, what does it say, jeopardy if you go off the side, but also a nice tree to go around. Yeah, the oak tree is still there. This was modelled before the oak tree disappeared. Stay clean, stay quick. Ben, every iRacer knows this, but some of some of our audience perhaps tuning in from the real world. We don't always see the damage, but my goodness me, top speed, which is very important here down the back straight and the front straight, that can be affected by even just a little brush with another competitor. The smallest of contact will damage the car, perhaps not visually, but the driver will feel it. And as you say, one of the first things to go is top speed. Top speed important here. Therefore, keep your car away from barriers and keep your car away from other cars. Very important when you've got such a busy field. Nick Damon, we put this in our Porsche keys to the race for every event and the tyres. There's a tactical element here. This is a track that doesn't have a, a, a high wear ratio. You've turned some laps here in the virtual world over the last week trying to get a bit of data. Two, four or no tyres? I'm going to say no tyres. I think that uh, unless the competition yellow falls particularly absolutely perfectly those 28 seconds are better spent on the track than getting a new set of tyres well even then you might take a quick pit stop and not take tyres to, to get track position frankly exactly, yeah. fuel. everyone will need to take fuel uh, as you say it's a thirsty track an hour and a half you're going to need virtually probably a tank and three quarters so everyone's got a reasonable stop uh, which Ben loves to be keeping a good eye on but I don't think they're taking tyres but then you know that's probably got a man 
manning the pits. And and managing all of those uh, resources, Ben, is super important to getting pace when it counts, which is in the last 15, 20 minutes. Absolutely. After the safety car period is when you need to be pushing. Before, if you're in a comfortable position, settle in there, save the fuel, save the tyres. We've got a bit of confusion going on here as people need to get themselves in the right order. Luckily, no contact because that will also Mm. have an issue if they did crash before even the green flag. But everyone seems to keep out of each other. I'm going to watch Nicky Katzberg and Philip Eng. They're at the tail of the field. I just want to check to make sure they can get through the early traffic cleanly uh, because they will then have a chance at the end of the race. Ben Contraduris and Nick Dearman, you'll be hearing from them throughout the race. Ben is effectively our virtual pit reporter. He's scrolling through all the feeds on his iRacing account. He was racing with Nick uh, at the weekend at Monza, finished at... Creditable 21st overall and 16th in class. Yep, one below where he wants to be. We'll be halfway up Halfway, the 29th, we'll be 15th, but uh, we just uh, bit of bad luck at the end. So, will it be a clean opening for Kenton Cook? The story of his IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational Series here in 2020 is issues early and then fighting back. There's absolutely no doubt, Nick Damon, that Kenton, who won that Monza 12 hours at the weekend in the WRT Audi GT3, he's got pace, but can he get through the opening skirmishes unscathed? 81 degrees, so that's up towards 30 degrees Fahrenheit, and track temperature very hot indeed. 92 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a nice temperature. They mean to get the tyres up quickly. But Kenton, is, at least he's put himself in the best possible position. There's only one person liable to take him off in the first corner, and that's Bruno Spengler, who himself doesn't want to get damaged because he's going for the championship, and he's already advantaged Bruno. He's at the front, his only rival, eight points behind, but of course also about 36 places behind the grid, Nicky Katzberg. So Katzberg's going to come through, and Spengler can be very, very conservative. He just needs to score some points. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, hello to Dave Alcock. Uh, often used to joke about Richard Westbrook wearing fluffy bunny slippers. He can't do that now. He'll be absolutely lead-footed as he heads off down towards the first corner with the rest of them. Kenton Cook's got an absolutely quality run from pole position and he's late on the brakes as well so nobody could get up the inside of him. Went a little bit wide in Vassar Sullivan with a Ford there as it turns through. Three different car manufacturers for the five entries from in Mass uh, Vassar Sullivan. But what oh, the spin! And that is the leading Porsche that's gone around. It's Lawrence Van Tour. That's Lawrence Van Tour. Oh, goodness me. And that looks like damage. That was running from NASCAR turn Se- to the left hook. Seprio and it's and... not finished yet. No, no. Faf Racing's in there. Robert Wiggins getting oh. turned around. The white, red and Motul car. Side by side, two more Fords. One being the Ian Vassar Sullivan. This is great news for Kenton who is able to get away. Rodrigo Fluke has come into second place. No, he's still in third behind the red BMW of Bruno Spengler. Oh, and a huge incident going up the hill with two cars coming together. Those were cars that were recovering from that first 
Well, third corner incident. We'll get back to that in a moment as we watch the leaders head up towards the roller coaster for the first time. Nick? No surprise whatsoever that we had problems going through NASCAR Bend and the left hook three and four because it's, it's, it's one by one, even though you think it shouldn't be. And there were at least 25 cars trying to get that piece of tarmac. That second accident we saw... Um, just in the background, I think that may have been caused by a bit of net code actually, because I think I saw a car suddenly appearing in front of someone, which he then hit. But that whole, when you have three wide going into a, a snake-like pass, which is funneling you in, the tippy-tappy thing, I don't think, to be honest, that it's it's going to have done most of those cars who got turned round much damage, because a light turn round doesn't tend to do much damage. Of course, what it does do is you lose loads of time, and there is a possibility when you're facing the wrong direction, you then get a serious hit. But I think a lot of those cars will be able to pick up and run. Now they have to settle down. Now they have to concentrate, and now they have to make sure they stay on the lead lap in time for the full-course yellow, which will then squeeze the field up. But, of course, they still need to make some positions up. It is that sort of early lap chaos, not a surprise at all. But finally, finally, Kenton Cook's made a decent start. Uh, Spengler second, Rodrigo Fluger third, Shane Van Gisbergen is now the leading Porsche, riding Porsche for the first time. He's managed to pull himself through, John, into fourth place. Highstand fifth, Shinya Mishimi sixth, Carl Masson seventh, Campino the leading Ferrari in eighth. And still... And Campino had contact with Lawrence Van Thor at the start. Van Thor lost it totally on his own, no contact ah. from anybody else. Spun across the bowels of... Uh, uh, Augusto Campino but he managed to continue but for sure we'll be carrying a little bit of damage and that's how the chaos began and it was certainly chaos and it continued even as they, they recovered and started to head up through the snake and up to the uphill S's already onto the back straight, the school straight, if you will, with the secondary pit lane on the left hand side of Scott Hargrove who is in that full torque gear machine on the front valence of that car, you might just see a, an RSL logo, Ooh. Radio Show Limited, the people who uh, are behind IMSA Radio, along with uh, IMSA and NASCAR Productions. Uh, those are the people who produce our uh, uh, apparel range, our clothing range, through into the top of the hill then, and now diving down towards the hog pen. Just when you think, Nick, that the lap is over <laughs> and you've done everything that you need to do, you get down the hill and the cambers are wrong and you've got the hog pen onto the front straight. I have thrown so many decent time laps down on the, on the hog pen. You've got 75 that you think you're going to be straight through and you just slide off. Man who hasn't slid off is Bruno Spengler, currently second and very, very happy where he is and relaxed as you could be. He looks like he's just going out, well, not in the Sunday drive, looking he's just having a little bit of a, a look around. He could be getting a chess game, couldn't he? He's so relaxed. I, I, it's extraordinary, the paucity of movement just as he would be in his BMW if he was racing in IMSA. He's got the wraparound screens to give him the peripheral view and he can actually see the wing mirrors and what happens is you will actually see what's behind you in the wing yeah. mirror and that is so important, Nick Damon, for the idea, particularly those early moves when the field's and the restarts when the field's close together to get an idea how close people are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an incredible help. You do have a spotter, you don't know, like a NASA spotter, where a computer spotter telling you if someone's to your left, to your right, where they are. But if you can actually see them by having a, a quick glance that you would do in real life to your right or to your left, it, it's a massive advantage. Spengler has settled down really nicely as he comes down the back straight and he begins to get the toe and move forward towards Kenton Cook. But Kenton there breaks a little bit later and sweeps into the very difficult turn 13 of the roller coaster. These guys making it look easy, but trust me, they are thinking all through these corners about how I can keep the car balanced. 
the, pitch, uh, the cover, bit of grass there stolen by Kenton, which often could be a major problem. He's now running full on confidence, but he has to now, Kenton, just not make a mistake, not blow this fantastic start. Well, he's got exactly the start that he wanted. Meantime, after the accident early on, Ben Constantouris, has anybody called into the pits or have they decided to soldier on? Uh, unfortunately, Robert Wickens was in the pits uh, not for very long, just a 4.2 second stop. So didn't have a huge amount of damage, but obviously felt the need to go in the pits. Same with Lawrence Banthor. Uh, Colin Brown was in the pits for a bit longer. 31 second stop for him. But plenty of cars with contact in that first lap. Sebastian Prio, Matt Bell also involved in that first incident. I haven't actually got to the second one yet. There's been so many cars involved. Uh, but there will be a lot of damage at the tail of this field. Well, Sebastian Prio's another driver, Nick, who's had no luck at all. Battling just outside the top 20 with the Fords, the BMWs all together. And there oh! goes Tignall. Tignall hits the side of the 25 car. The Team Red BMW with Connor De Filippi and the 55 car has got damage as well. That was in the left hook. They are really having problems in, getting the, in measuring how you get two cars through the very tight uh, left-handed left hook because if you come off a, 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 again another tight NASCAR bend it kind of widens out and there's the different speeds as you can take through that turn three but hit four it's a heavy brake there's one car only rear the line and the other cars want to let you through certainly when you get to the right-hander afterwards it's going to be carnage so this isn't particularly surprising me I'm just surprised that the drivers aren't being a little bit more sensible knowing what damage can do that they haven't perhaps just given themselves a little bit more time there was a Ferrari spinning before the green flag, uh, Alan Prosser has pulled that out, uh, and that was coming down from the uh, from the roller coaster down towards the hog pen, uh, and that all happened before the green flag. It doesn't surprise me because if they, they cause don't forget the back of the train gets the green 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 sign actually when they haven't even hit the straight, they know it's gonna happen. He probably just put his power down whilst he was already on off camber, and in doing that he's just spun it because he, he's on cold tyres, so just a bit too keen to get on the throttle. May of course, I mean, give a little tiny nudge by a man behind him, who knows? But it's very very common and really annoying. Uh, to have instances on the rolling lap front. Yeah, and the Young Boss Racing car of Augustin Canap uh, Augustin Canapino, the 66 car, sitting in behind Carl Masson in the bright red Porsche. So that's the battle for 7th, 8th and on down over his their head through the snake and up the uphill S's. Magnificent part of the circuit where there really is only one line and you have to just be patient remember how Porsche keys the race earlier on be patient because there really is just one line patience is a virtue here at VIR now into the fast first part of the Oak Tree corner and a much tighter exit than it is now this is retro stuff in terms of the track layout and no nice tarmac runoff on the outside of Oak Tree at turn 12. Gaggler cars running down the skill straight. This is the 2007 version of VR. It's repaved in 214 and 216 and got a little bit wider in various places to make it a little bit more easy and certainly got some more advanced curves. John, the, the big mover early on, Nicky Katzberg, he's got the fastest lap and he's up to 17th from about 38th. So he's already moving absolutely right direction. He, he has obviously avoided everyone else making tremendous mistakes early on. Philip Eng not moving forward as much as we expect. He's in 30th, John. So, uh, yeah, he's made a bit of progress, but Katzberg now doing what he has to do and get as close to Spengler as quickly as he can. Katzberg onto the front straight behind Ben Waddell, and in front of that, those two are Daniel Morad and Tristan Nunez. So it's 
BMW in 16th, 15th the Porsche of Ben Waddell, then Daniel Morad and Tristan Nunes in the Fords and Sebastian Prio in 12th in the Ford as well, despite a bit of damage uh, early on for Seb. As Katzberg swept by there past uh, uh, Benjamin Waddell, he's now into 15th and now he's got the, those three Fords and he's going to try to get up the inside at the... Left hook. He did it as well. I think I think there's a little bit, a little bit of uh, acquiescence there by the uh, um, Daniel Morad car. Was okay, yeah. So Morad obviously I think wasn't particularly going to force the issue as he, as he probably realised. I think the drivers do realise about the championship implications. You do have what's called a birds of screen, so you can see the car, the three cars ahead of you and the three cars behind you, and how far ahead behind. So he knew that was Katzberg. He knew where Katzberg was. Uh, we've had Tom O'Gorman in and out the pits in the number 94 and Parker Chase in the pits as well. Ben is watching all of that. Was that a couple of the damaged cars? It's far too early for a, a, a strategic stop, Ben. I think Tom O'Gorman took a toe because it was a two-minute stop, so it was a long stop. I haven't seen uh, whether... Explain that. what that is for those who uh, might be watching for the first time. Yeah, so if you've crashed your car so badly that you can't drive it back to the pits, you do have the option of effectively control-out-delete and the car will reappear in pit lane. Virtually, though, uh, they calculate the time it will take from them to get the car from the position in which you've crashed back to pit lane. So uh, if you do it close to the pits, it will be shorter than if you're doing it miles away from pit lane. Uh, normally, it's around two laps, but... Uh, uh, so uh, he will be a good lap behind and Parker Chase is now contributing the same kind of thing he's up to a minute in pit lane as well uh, Conor De Filippi I don't think we addressed uh, he's also taken a trip to the pits 20 seconds stop um, and he had contact with Tinknell didn't he yeah yeah. that's right yeah so you're talking about the Alan Prosser uh, collision before the start I did catch that when I was watching the rolling up lap uh, Tristan Vautier was the Porsche uh, ah. in there and it was the it was the Michelin Ferrari I thought it was the Ferrari yes yes good call that's the uh, in the uh, in the colours of the sponsor of the race battle for the lead is closing down we'll keep an eye on that as we try to pick through what happened uh, earlier on here at Michelin Presents uh, IMSA iRacing at VIR now into the first corner Kenton's got away went a little bit wide but that was a smart thing to do because I meant he break very very late indeed in that chrome purple Porsche two Porsches side by side one of the Ian Vassar Sullivan Porsches and oh. there goes Vantoy just loses the back end right in front of Canapino in the Junkos racing uh, Ferrari and then frankly Carnage breaks Luke's behind because at that point Nick people are checking up you're trying to get on the throttle when people are slowing down in front and of you. The thing to remember is, if you do slam the anchors on with the cold tyres, then you're and at that point there's no ABS on these cars. You're a passenger, and the reaction is when you see them sliding front, you, you, how can I get past it? Can I avoid? Can I? Ha I know. And, and someone spinning around in the early corners of a large race is always going to be a uh, disaster waiting to happen. Uh, a disaster not happening is Nicky Katzberg. Katzberg has been let through by Nunez and Prio as well because Nunez and Prio are scrapping like anything and they haven't been letting people through much earlier. But what they've decided to do is they are obviously not blocking Katzberg's move forward in the championship and he's now moved up into 12th from about 38. So uh, a pretty impressive run so far. Also now, it looks at the front. Spengler beginning to try and put some pressure on Kenton Cook. Kenton though, as we often see, when he's got a little bit of space in front of him, able to drive solidly and speedily. 
Sean McCarthy saying, reminder guys, he's tweeted at uh, IMSA Radio, uh, it's tour time plus repairs plus service time. It's uh, you don't you can't have a fast repair in this one, so you always limp back if you can't. Yeah, it, the, the tow, whilst it is like a control delete, it doesn't repair the car. The, repair, no. the car appears as damaged as you left it, uh, which is very, very annoying actually. Um, so, a bit of a tow now. I'm not sure it's enough to let Spengler get past Kenton. Yes, but an aerodynamic tour rather than a yes, virtual exactly. tour from a tour truck. Into the top of the hill then, as they come round to complete another lap there. Working on lap number seven at the moment. The gap is just two tenths of a second at the head of the field with Rodrigo Fluka sitting in third. Shane Van Gisbergen, quiet race for SVG at the moment. Three and a half seconds away from the lead and they're going to get traffic. They're going to get traffic very shortly as they come round to lap one of the works Porsches I think in front of him is that Parker Chase who's just come out of the pit I wouldn't have thought he would have been in works colours this evening and I have to say I didn't see how he was the only qualified car in, earlier on the only car in works colours is, is Lawrence Van Tourton no one else is wearing works cars right um, yeah I mean it's, it's interesting I think I think Shane Van Gisbo is probably pretty happy where he is at the moment he's managed to get himself out of trouble he's in a clear bit of air front and behind and of course there's many a slip now between the, when he actually gets an attack at the end Robert Wiggins was right in the thick of that opening lap ah one of the Fords the uh, Ian Vassar Sullivan Ford actually did a good thing didn't come straight back on but how did, well Wiggins mm. got hammered from about three different areas Oof. Uh, and indeed even when he was off the track that wasn't the end of his problems and spinning the wheels there just underlining what Nick Damon was seeing in our Porsche Keys to the race how slippery it is on the grass and the errant Michelin Ferrari which spun at the top of the hill before the green flag just coming through at the end and, and Robert was sitting there feeling really hard done by because what he did was the correct thing and he avoided the guy in front of him unfortunately the guy behind him didn't avoid oh, him oh. Off, off and back on again for the that's uh, the bright red of in fact they're avoiding that they're avoiding a uh, is that has gone off and come back on again. I think it was. That was Calvin Son who went off and Richard Westbrook right up his tailpipes in the very light yep. blue. Katzberg made, uh, made a mistake. I think it, they, they were so busy looking at him that the, the orange Porsche of Benjamin Waddell was kind of sucked into the error. But it's Katzberg who's no, now... It's, it's uh, Calvin Son in the orange it, Okay, sorry. Yep. It, so, so basically Katzberg's blotted his code, but got up to 12. It's back down the 17th again. So he is pushing so hard. He's literally on the verge of an accident every corner and he's finally had one but only five places don't think he hit anything just came off rejoined the track but he, again it spooks on the other cars and the two Porsches kind of got together didn't even want to so, so he is right what happened to the BMW number 10 up the S's then last time around right in behind the Porsche, the bright green Porsche of Scott Hargrove. Oh. I just hit the curb, just hit the curb on the brakes, locks it all up. It was actually a very, very good that save. That is a Gatsburg. cracking save on that corner because normally this ping just straight in that tyre wall, it's game over. But he, he just ran it too far as he came out of uh, no, that's the south, um, the south bend. You are absolutely trying to get as much speed as possible to get the final uphill run into 11. He just put a tyre out, and effectively, there's just not enough grip to hold the car. But he, he must have known it was happening early because he was correcting almost before it had gone off. Five places lost, bit of a problem, but you know he's still got plenty of laps, and we've got the full course caution. Yeah, of course we have got the competition yellow still to come. Uh, ben, actually, I think I might have misspoken earlier on. There is a fast repair here, but just one fast repair. Is that right? 
Yeah, one single fast repair. So uh, anybody who's going into the pits right now, um, they have the ability to choose not to use it. They can save it for later if they wanted to. But I think everyone's had used them already in those repairs. And that's why our pit stops, if they haven't been towed, have been short. That's Ben Concenturis who's watching the pits and the action via his own iRacing rig. And if you are on iRacing, of course, it means you can choose what you're watching. We've got the produced feed from Drew and Cisco and the guys. We've got live timing and scoring as well. And we've still got an hour and 12 and a half minutes to go. This is absolutely brilliant. Traffic's going to start coming into it shortly as well. Ian Bassett Sullivan, um, they've kind of spread bet yes. this weekend or this uh, what, race should I say what they're doing you see Joe they're taking advice that you could never do in the real world you couldn't have one team running three cars because it would be too expensive to have all the spares and all the setup and everything else but they can choose to have one they can spread across because there's no cost to them so they can all try a different car the only downside of course is they can't share setups so they must be really confident how they're setting the cars up or their team are more disparate in how they like the car but it gives you a chance to try everything at once for no cost just a bit of time so uh They've all decided what they want, and then the fastest of all is Shane Van Gisbergen, who has been, in fairness, the fastest of the AM Vassar Sullivan cars, but he's chosen the Porsche. So it's still Kenton Cock from Bruno Spenger, Rodrigo Fluga, and then Van Gisbergen. Big David there, and Spengler looking at the back of Kenton Cook, the leader, and still just as unmoved as he has been. He, he is impassive. That is a level of relaxed concentration that is, I wish I could, I could emulate. I'm just all arms and elbows, even just sitting in front of my own rig. So Kenton Cook now coming up towards some of the back markers. And this is obviously when any person in second place begins to start getting a, the hunger on, thinking they've got a chance to get past. Not quite sure who's middle, in front of Kenton, but you can see the pink car out of the window of the BMW, which has a, actually in the driver's seat, the let, it's a very, a very small letterbox, and that kind of little bit of a, oh, we've got an accident coming off there, it's a 70 car has slid off and taken that orange portion with them. Yeah, that's Carl Masson and Daniel Morad battling for 15th and 16th position, and they're both back on, that was coming down from the roller coaster towards the hog pen at the end of the lap, did either of them dive into the pits? No, they do not. Yeah, that was more an embarrassing slide than, a, than an accident. In fact, I think in many ways the, the, the Porsche was just went off the track in sympathy. There may not actually be any contact. It's more a case that when Mora slid off, it was a chance to uh, you know, just back off and not and mass on to, to take the, uh, the small pain of a bit of grass rather than the big pain of an accident. But that's a good news for Katzberg. He's back up to 13th again. And he's, well, the part of the track's called the roller coaster. But the man having a roller coaster so far as positions are concerned is our number two in the championship, Nicky Katzberg, back up to 13th again and pushing really hard. Front of the field right close together. Kenton now has a blue and white BMW flashing away the lights. It doesn't annoy people at all, of course, when it happens. And it does make the car at least 10 miles now fast. They sweep down the back straight before they hit turn 30. It is a roller coaster. Oh, now flashing as well. Bruno decides to win the flashing club, looking now potentially to get an inside run, but I don't think so because, of course, on the advantage of following car is that Kenton will be getting an aerodynamic tow as well. They settle down and they swing into the start of the 14, 15, 16 complex and the off-camber hog pen, which catches 70 cars out. A few drivers Nick, putting this, in there. Sorry, whole, sorry, Ben, go ahead. They've been stuck behind Matt Bell for a whole lap now. Kenton has been had caught him the last time by as they on the back straight and finally 
uh, looks to the inside and will be able to clear Matt Bell and will Bruno Spengler be able to follow because he's definitely been compromised and actually I think Spengler isn't going to be able to find a way through initially so should get down the inside here in the, in the NASCAR turn three that is and, and called not because it's a left hand corner by the way there was road racing here from the stock car series many years ago and that was the corner that caught out some very very big stock car yeah, names had, indeed so they had whatever the camping world trucks were here weren't they oh no I'm talking way back divisions they even quite recently had the division 3 guys here on a, on a road circuit but yeah but the, the reason it's called NASCAR turn is, is we're going all, back to to pre-70 oh yeah oh, absolutely right. brilliant and uh, that corner apparently was the one that most people struggled with <laughs> and it got its uh, local nickname and it stuck NASCAR turn beautiful part of the world by the way and once we get back to some kind of normality this is a fabulous racetrack to visit there's so many good places to watch and the local area very much into their motor racing it's another track that is carved out of the scenery and follows the ups and downs the uh, topography of the local area and the facility itself is absolutely spotless the roads around here are just like the racetrack <laughs> as well and actually if you fly into DC there's plenty of places you can fly into, but if you're flying internationally, you're flying to DC, and don't take the highway, go the back roads at the, the bottom of the mountains. It's a lovely drive down. A little bit longer, but worthwhile. And the countryside, as I say, around VIR, absolutely stunning. And only a couple of miles, I didn't realise, from the border from North Carolina, oh, yeah. which of course is the centre of motorsport. If you, it, depending on where you're staying, you can quite often cross backwards and forwards across the border as you're driving into the track because it is that close yeah good point very good point indeed an hour and seven to go battle for the lead bright purple chrome of Kenton Cook red and a little bit of grey and white on the BMW Bruno Spengler and Rodrigo Fluke just biding his time I, I like Rodrigo's style and tactics here guys because he is just watching what's going on ahead of him he's got the recovering Matt Bell back out of the pits after that early shamozzle he was involved in he's just turned his fast lap a couple of laps ago fastest lap a couple of laps ago as well Shane Van Gisbergen now five seconds off the lead then it's Shinya Mishimi in the Porsche the number 86 car Jesse Kron for BMW has just turned his fastest lap 143.9 and that's quicker than the leaders at the moment he's only 10 seconds off the lead so still plenty to happen here as this battle for the lead up the second rise now. Start to think about uh, picking up your... Oh, oh. well, that looked like somebody that was getting was, a tour uh, back. Rodrigo Fluka had a problem. Um, is that the 47 car? Yes, it was. He's, he's disappeared off the timing I'm screen. I think that looked like some form of technical disconnect. It was the 47, and he's dropped down to ninth position just ahead of Scott Hargrove. Now, had he had a big off, or did he have a disconnect? The leaders are on the front straight. He was right in behind. He was right in behind the lapped now BMW of uh, Rebel Rock Racing. Yeah, it's a very weird situation. There. Go ahead, Ben. Very, very odd. Came out uh, of Oak Tree Bend and had no drive, so pulled off to the outside of the circuit to get away from the racing line. And then after about 30 seconds, 
got drive again. So uh, certainly I would suggest the technical issue at home for him with his rig disconnecting, not an internet connection issue, but something uh, to do with his rig at home. Ah, right, yeah, that, okay. That makes it, that sounds like a little, it can happen that you can suddenly get a, a box of false neutrals because the, um, the computer isn't seeing your steering wheel or your gearbox properly. And it's uh, one of those technical issues which, you know, you think, oh, well, yeah, there's no, there's no danger of technical problems when I'm actually just racing at home. But it can happen um, anywhere. And, it, and it's happened to all of us. Suddenly the, the system isn't doing what you think it should do. Normally not in the middle of races, a surprise, but Rodrigo lives to fight another day. And certainly now what we now see is a lot of pressure on uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, which is high stand less than a second, uh, less than a second behind him. So we've got the top two together, uh, five second gap, and then third and fourth together. A bit of overcast in the distance here. That might affect the track temperatures. How will that affect the Michelin tyres? That will be the question that will be uh, being monitored by the support team mm. to these drivers. And, and you might say, hang up, what are you talking about? Support team? This is virtual racing. You you sit in your front room and do that. Ah, these guys, uh, particularly BMW, got switched on to this very early, Nick. And they have got a team of uh, full-time sim racers. They've got effectively virtual engineers who will be monitoring things like tyre wear, fuel usage and working out the strategy calls and feeding that through to all of their drivers and feeding it through effectively via pits to car radio. Exactly, yeah, I mean, they've done hundreds of laps of practice to a familiarise themselves with the track, more importantly work out a setup. then they'll try and uh, run with three or four or five cars as many as possible to get an idea of a uses track as you begin to get uh, muck and, and grime on the site and then of course what they will look at they'll have a basic idea of what fuel consumption is and a basic idea of what tyre wear is but then you get thrown the curveball of what the day's conditions are and then they have to react on the fly and they will have that information John about fuel consumption and tyre wear. Carol Brinks just tweeted to us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre at IMSA Radio uh, maybe Rodrigo Fluke had got Denny Hamland, a child with a remorse, perhaps <laughs> no. still the best thing I've seen. Her face. Uh, oh, <laughs> oops. Very good, very good. Coming down towards the hour, these cars will do around here, I think probably 52, 53 minutes, so we're not quite into the window where you can pit and get to the end. Uh, computer software on our timing and scoring predicting 31 laps to go on lap 16 of 46 that are predicted that will drop a little bit because we will have a competition yellow and of course we have a pit stop as well to add into the mix initial thoughts then after that carnage earlier on Ben Constant Juris what we're seeing is a bit of cat and mouse at the front of the field we wondered what Kenton could do if he got through the first few laps well he's mixing it with the guy who's bossed the championship yeah, Kenton's holding station and Bruno's not putting too much pressure to try and get past him right now. Same goes for Shane Van Gisbergen, who's in third, with Richard Heistan just behind. In fact, they've just caught Matt Bell, so they've got to do what uh, Kenton did a couple of laps ago. Everyone's kind of holding station. Nobody's pushing too hard. Even Nicky Katzberg has now kind of plateaued in 10th position. I think we're waiting for pit stops. We're waiting for the caution period. And then this race will then kind of explode if you like one thing you've got to remember to do before you go into any online racing 
is make sure that your updates and antivirus scans turned <laughs> off. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Windows update. I appear to be in a wall. As a, as a, a rather too attempt to get out of the way by the orange, the yellow and white Porsche. Well, that, well, that car's already been was off at the left hook um, at the bottom of the hill just before the leaders caught up with it and has just gone off again. Now, John, one thing to remember, as Bruno Spengler follows Kenton Cook so closely, he is saving a small amount of fuel the whole oh, he's time. He's got a good run here down the school street. I think he's not interested. I think he's actually using Kenton to uh, to push a hole in the air for the very big BMW, and he will save a small amount of fuel. Now, it won't be the difference between a stop or not a stop. It will basically be the chance to actually refuel less. So he'll be saving, you know, a tenth, a half, a quarter of a second a lap on his refuel time. So this is a very clever idea. Just stick behind, take the advantage of the drag, don't try and get any closer than 0.3 or 0.4 of a second. And uh, you might, you know, after a long period of staying behind Kenton, he has been, he may be even able to save two or three seconds of fuel, John, in the refuel. That was Parker Chase, by the way, that dived off the track a couple of times with the leaders behind them. We're going to get to see how much additional pace if any, Bruno Spengler has in a moment because he is so close now that I, I kind of like um, I, I kind of like him to back off just a little bit because you know it's very difficult concentration wise to drive that close in real life and indeed in virtual reality to the car in front. He's obviously got great confidence in Kenton, uh, Kenton Cook. He's decided he's, he's a guy who can trust in what he's going to do. And he's decided, I'm going to sit here for this first part. I'm not going to make any challenges. I'm just going to sit here for this first section of the race, see what I can save, see what I can learn, monitor my tyres, monitor my fuel, make sure everything's going fine. Because, you know, he's not even attempting to dart out or move forward down the back straight where he would get a good enough toe to start thinking about it he's not looking to unsettle Kenton either he wants Kenton to know I'm not going to come past you Kenton you just carry on being my my big pole punch and that'd be great and you know this is what it's about he'll be obviously there if Kenton makes a mistake but he's comfortable with the fact that not only is he now in, in the pound seat of where he wants to be tactically, also they are still you know, meaning, managing to be further away from uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, still four seconds behind them, though he has gained a little bit during traffic. Um, obviously, if Shane starts the game much quicker, then Bruno might have to get the hurry up. And Nick, do you, do you remember at the very, very beginning of this series at, at Sebring, I was commenting about how surprised I was with Bruno Spengler's performance. Uh, apparently, that kind of set off the rumour mill as we see pit stops <laughs> beginning here. Um, and that uh, Bruno Spengler was doing a Daniel Apt and actually not participating himself. But as you can see by the uh, cameras we've got set up this evening, we can see that he's uh, driving himself. And uh, I did an interview with Nicky Katzberg and he confirmed uh, that uh, it is Bruno. It's just that Bruno is so determined. Yeah. Six months ago, he was useless. <laughs> now, he's so determined that he is better than Nicky Katzberg, who's been doing this for 15 years. Uh, much to the annoyance of his teammates. Yeah, and I think it's, it, that sort of dedication, back with the fact he's had great backing from the BMW engineers, he's dealing with you know a, a good teammate who can set him in the right direction. He obviously has the basic talent in, in racing. He just has to get used to having those less inputs, that, that no internal gyroscope, yeah. and drive around that. But, you know, and it's, he's applied himself, and in many ways, let's, last I mentioned it, this is one of the reasons I think that the issue with Daniel Lapp was Daniel wasn't prepared to apply himself and do the six hours a day of practice. So he wanted the easy way out. There is no easy way out to get good at anything. It's 10,000 hours, you become an expert. 
Number seven, uh, Augusto Canapino has been in the pits uh, oh. and he's just come out. First legit pit stop, I would say. 45 seconds stationary, fuel and tyres. Oh. And up on the jacks. That's interesting. If, if they're going early for tyres, either he thinks that's his, his big chance because he'll, he thinks he'll be able to uh, make up that space. He's not dropped a lap and he'll be able to make up that time uh, when we had the competition yellow. It's very, very interesting to see if they... Uh, if the leaders take tyres, I don't think it's it, it necessarily for my testing. It was Ben very, very pointing pointed out my testing is at a significantly lower speed than these guys are going. <laughs> so all Porsche into Nissan battle. 48. Oh, and it's a result in an all Porsche into Nissan bang. And, and that again is Carl Masson involved there. Corey Lewis he took out. Yeah, that's 12th and 13th position. Sebastian Prio makes up a spot in the all-white Multimatic Ford in behind him and there's an opportunity for better oh, still and again chaos. bright yellow uh, Porsche going back was uh, uh, that was one of the Ian Vassar Sullivan I cars it, it could have been Van Gisbergen high stats ahead of him yep he's lost that yes. position yes absolutely good spot Nick Damon IMSA Radio IMSA TV together for the iRacing Pro Invitational Round 5 Michelin presents IMSA iRacing at Virginia International Raceway Prio in the pits the triple one car for Multimatic. So decides with 55 minutes to go and the competition yellow. That's I think still think that's going to be pretty tight. Part of so chase. Been off and had an accident and he's bent his wing. So when he cut, so he would now, what really he should come into the pits and pick up a few, pick up the free, uh, this, the speedy repair and the fuel at the same time. Because he'll be losing time as long as he runs with a car like that. So the 97 car in that's, trouble. That's a change of car from the entry list running in the Porsche for Ian Vassett Sullivan uh, rather than the uh, BMW or as earlier or as originally we expected to see him in a Ford yeah. but Ian Vassett Sullivan have, have spread their chips around that rear wing on the left hand side for Van Gisbergen then will he dive into the pits this time around we must be getting close to somewhere near the window he's coming through NASCAR turn three and in towards the left hook, high stand in the black, and oh, he just got his right-hand Michelins on the dirt and on the grass, just underlining what Nick Damon said in the countdown to green and in our Porsche keys to the race, there is no grip. It's super slippy, and that accurately replicates just... It's like having the race in the early morning with still a bit of a dew on the grass, and as soon as you get on there, it's all over the place. Katzberg, after a prodigious rise towards the top 10 comes into the pit lane from I think he came in from 11th position he's going to drop down a little bit now and the question I want to know about these BMWs Ben so please keep an eye tyres or no tyres tyres up on the jacks for Nicky Katzberg Prio is 15 seconds quicker in the pits uh, than most of the other guys so Prio definitely did something different to the rest. Two tyres, maybe? I'm watching Kat possibly, but Katzberg at the moment, been in the pits now stationary for 30 seconds, drops down off the jacks. It's only a 32-second stop, but he did take tyres. Well, so I, think, I think that's two tyres, not four. I think, and we've seen yeah. this before, haven't we, Ben, where the, the BMWs have done that in the past. We'll see if we can get in touch with BMW Motorsport and the Multimatic Ford team and get a word with them but you've got to fuel all the way to the end and you know they've been running 
for half an hour so the fuel should be about the same Nick so the only thing that's going to dif- be different is two tyres or four tyres yeah and it does seem this tactic of two tyres it will be the two left hand side tyres because they're the ones that take the uh, the greater um, burden being a uh, clockwise circuit uh, and if Katzberg's he bit bundle that Spengler's going to do it and can Kenton just take two now Kenton lost a lot of time in traffic trying to get through Prio amongst others but Interestingly, once again, despite having an opportunity, Spengler opted not to try and overtake him. At one point, you can see he was almost holding himself on the brakes so as not to get involved in this kind of three- or four-way battle behind them. Uh, yes, and Cron now is in fifth. It's, it's, it's Kenton Cook, Bruno Spengler, Richard Highstand in third in, in the fourth. Then Tino Bushimi in the portion for the Dixon Cron in fifth. Shane Van Gisbo running a genuine sixth at the moment after that accident, which uh, took out his wing but nothing else. First car that's made a pit stop is Philip Eng, the number 26 car. That's the, uh, it's normally the red and white car, the team BMW Team Austria. This week it's the BMW ZF team. So it is in the ZF colours, ZF colours of blue and yellow. But was that a proper pit stop, Ben, or was that just a repair pit stop? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Katzberg's fallen behind him, which seems unlikely if it was a proper full-time pit stop, unless Eng is an amazing unseen by us. Yeah, I've not got Philip Eng on my list of people who have pitted, but that's potentially because my computer hadn't seen it. Um, so he's running 13th spot, so it's uh, running well at the moment. So yeah, take la- last lap one, so his pit stop was on lap one, which right. is a repair, a repair from right. damage, yeah. Right, OK, so he just needs another stop to get him on fuel. Let's check in with Robert Wiggins, who had a great result last time around. He's been refining his rig. If you didn't see him last week he's driving for Faf Porsche that lever that he uses with his right hand is the brake pedal effectively and the Rob Robert still recovering from that horrendous looking Indy car accident but uh, he has made great great progress and really competitive still using the paddles for the shift but using that brake and the way he I think the, the most impressive thing about this thing is the way that he moderates the brake pressure using that. That's not a, a parking brake, it's not a handbrake. That is instead of the brake pedal. But he still has to then turn if he's trail braking with one hand on the steering wheel. And yet he's adapted to it. Yeah, I was just watching that. When he came through the uh, the top bend around the oak tree, he was braking, turning, accelerating all at one time with one hand on the wheel. And I was thinking, I can't do that. <laughs> I, need, I need at least three extra limbs to do that. So take a lap on board, across the start-finish line, through the little kink after the start line itself. Turn one, long, 180-degree right-hander, down through the gearbox, breaking all the way to the first apex, balance the car, down through the gearbox, a little flick of the left fingers there. Turn two is absolutely flat, is it? Yes, it is. Tricky turn three, and somebody spins right in front of him. Was that... That was one of the AVS Porsches again. That surely wasn't Van Gisbergen having an issue, was it? I don't think so. might have been Parker Chase through the left hook and now beginning to head up through what's called the snake there's one line through here and now you're starting to climb towards the uphill s's it's all about getting the car balanced through here up through the gearbox for robert wiggins in the fast porsche just hitting the curb and you can hear that wheels coming off the ground big dab of brake before the left-hander at the top of the hill go off there and you're in literally another state before you can come back Oak Tree, two parts to Oak Tree. The first one, you can go in trail braking really, really quick. Then it's more braking for the second 
right-hander there and you want to get a clean exit because it's a long straight afterwards over the first brow then there's the cut-off onto the Patriot circuit on the right-hand side that reminds you where you are coming up to the top of the hill and the roller coaster breaking in very quick into the left-hander then still slowing down over the top of the brow the camera is really hurting you there because it wants to fling you down the hill to driver's left then back on the throttle but it's still the hog pen at the bottom of the hill a tricky double right-hander that brings you back onto the start finish line there's a little bit of curb on driver's left but not enough that you can take any liberties but you want to take again as much momentum as you can on the start finish line and that was a very tidy lap indeed in the faf porsche with robert wickens yeah i think on i think on board you can see just how tricky it is when you get to the bottom of the, of the back straight going through 13 14 and 15 because you are doing everything at once you're turning you're braking you're repositioning then you have to break some more so you're effectively braking for a very long period it's this scrub off probably about 160 miles an hour down to about 40 or 50 and then you've then got a balance car back up again for the hog pen, which is just built. I think they put that there to catch you up when you think you finish the lap properly. It's just a really nasty piece of design. As into the pits come the first two. Two litres into the pit lane. Shilku not in there as well. And there's nothing between them. Both of the cars absolutely pristine. By the way, I'm told by Jess Westbrook, uh, the... A significantly better half of uh, Richard Westbrook that the pink fluffy bunny slippers have now been uh, replaced by uh, have been replaced by uh, fluffy unicorn slippers I'm not sure he's wearing them while he's driving but she uh, tweeted that uh, very close in the pits into the pits very close parked in the pits as Jules Gunon comes out here comes Scott Hargrove in the 22 that's the full talk gear sponsored car another Andy Blackmore design as is the Michelin Chilgoon on that we saw earlier on also coming in the 7-0 car is Daniel Morad in the WRT Speedster Audi Sport Ford and if you're wondering why there are some manufacturers that have got their names on other cars it's because there isn't a GT Le Mans Audi two leaders out very quick pit stop there isn't a GT Le Mans Audi Ian Vassar Sullivan they normally run GT3 Lexus. There's no GTE Lexus. So the liveries uh, and their sponsored commitments, if you like, being transferred onto another make and model of car, manufacturer of car, but they carry over, for the most part, their drivers and, indeed, those supporters. So new leader then, the number 11, Richard Highstand, Ford GT, the two-tone blue and white car, uh, leads by 2.9 seconds from Jesse Cron and Kyle Masson in the 38 Kyle Masson in that 38 who's uh, been battered around just a little bit now up into well in fact he's going to go into the lead if he doesn't cut him in himself in that bright tangerine car and he has he's coming through to the end of the lap now so will he pit 46 minutes to go Nick easily easily getting in here high stand and Cron in so we need to be watching for when Kenton Cook comes down the roller coaster will that Kalmason bright orange car come into the pit lane yes I think he is yes he peels off right handed he's in so next through should be Kenton Kenton should be the next car onto the front straight so the bright chrome pink car in the bottom right of the screen coming to the latter part of the lap oh and he's missed his pit it, uh, the, it, that is uh, Kyle Masson missed his pit and just had to 
get a little push back from his team. That's just a second or so. You can, you can reverse a little bit back in the pit lane that game, black flag and eye racing. Now, amazingly, Kenton Cook came out exactly the same distance in front of Bruno Spenger. So, Ben, were they two tyre boys as well? Uh, there were four tyres, so 44.3 second lap. Oh, and Richard That's high stand. turned around. High stand yeah, getting turned around is on his out lap from his pit stop. He'd led the race briefly. Is that Shinimashimi? It, it, it was a Porsche that took him out, but, um, and, uh, but I don't think the was scored behind him. Robert Wickens, I'm afraid. In oh. the Faf Porsche. Thank you. You are very quick on your replay keys <laughs> and your rewind keys, uh, flicking through to to pick up. Course. Go ahead. The thing was, Robert Wickens is on track and travelling significantly faster than Highstand, who's come straight out of the pits. And yeah. I think Robert just got totally caught out uh, by a slower car in front of him. And uh, to be fair, Highstand was right in the middle of the road, but that's very very unlucky. Um, just going quickly back to the pit stops, then. Uh, Cook and Spengler exactly the same time in the pits uh, in fact they were so close that they were almost ghosted into each other when you're in pit lane yes. uh, you are actually a ghost so you can kind of be inside another car and the pits are tiny here so uh, it's no surprise that they were very close um, Rodrigo Fluca though 29.9 seconds so he was one of the shorter stoppers like Nicky Katzberg and uh, did we say Augusto Canapino also? Yeah. No, he was a longer stop. Yeah, he was. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so Fluka in third, uh, thanks to a 29.9 second stop, but he doesn't have Full. it, and the caution's out. The competition caution uh, is out. Hello to Representative Graham Martin. He says, thanks to IMSA Radio for noting North Carolina is the centre of racing in the US. I'm still working with Connie Nyholm. Uh, on annexing VIR to North Carolina, but I'm not sure Virginia will agree. Greer, lovely to know that you're uh, tuned in. And whilst we've got a moment as well, hello to Madamson taking a break from reality, literally. So cool watching uh, Robert Wickens behind the wheel. Thanks to iRacing, IMSA, uh, Michelin and uh, IMSA Radio for the coverage from Virtual VIR tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, at IMSA Radio, please. Right. It's come when everybody has done their pit stops. This will cool the tyres a little bit. What have we got? 43 minutes or thereabouts remaining. The only person who hadn't made a pit stop is Joel Miller, down in 17th position in the number 82 Ferrari. So he's going to get a pit stop, but will give up his track position. It's still Kenton Cook. Leading competition yellow in round five of the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational, Michelin presents IMSA iRacing at Virginia International Raceway. So, this is going to just cause a little bit of a reset and we effectively get another start, but this time rather than side by side, it will be line astern as Kenton Cook will come back to the green flag and we'll let you know as soon as we hear from race control when the Porsche pulls off he's going to pull off should I say whilst we have the opportunity behind the Porsche safety car here at VIR let's take a Field summary, a run through the field with Mazda. And 
this is how it stands then with just over 40 minutes to go the race run down with Mazda Kenton Cook in behind the Porsche safety car from Bruno Spengler Ford BMW Ford BMW Rodrigo Fluger and Jesse Kron third and fourth Shinya Mishimi for Porsche the 86 car sits next up then Van Gisbergen still there in the top six as he has been pretty much all race despite a, the loft track incident that bent the rear wing Richard Highstand in seventh has led the race in the pit stop cycle then Augustin Canapino for Ferrari BMW Nicky Katzberg the number 10 in ninth and AJ Allmendinger in 10th position just outside the top 10 with his fluffy unicorn slippers on tonight his wife Jess tells us is Richard Westbrook for Ford GT in the 67 then Scott Hargrove that's a really good run for Scott in the bright green 92 uh, as the two Canadians there with Daniel Morad sitting in behind him but in Porsche and Ford's Daniel's had an eventful race as well but holding on to a good position 14th position for John Edwards Sebastian Prio in the triple one Ford in 15th and the top 20 made up by Kyle Masson Joel Miller Riley Dickinson Philip Eng who's still in there with a shout in the ZF coloured machine this weekend and Tristan Fortier for BMW the Frenchman that makes up the top 20 outside of that well we're all close back up again you never know what might happen we've seen people making positions up and the two and four tyre stops now have been balanced out so some of these guys might have a little better grip than cars ahead of them Corey Lewis and Jack Hawksworth uh, sitting there with uh, Joel Miller Ben Waddell Joel Miller's just made his pit stop by the way Matt Bell has also come into the pits for Rebel Rock Racing right at the back of the field at the moment Robert Wiggins and Colin Brown who've both had some issues let's have a look at Robert Wiggins's incident which uh, happened just before the competition caution remember he was coming up on Richard Highstand who had been uh, into the pit so watch for the blue coloured Ford coming out the pit lane oh right in front of Richard uh, of Richard rather right in front of Robert and he well, Robert goes so far up, he's got to show his pass to get back That's in again there. That's fault entirely. He's got a relative screen. He would have known how close someone's coming down the straight. He you can't just, go onto the racing across. line. You just need to look. No. And he's, he's, he, what would have cost him a tenth of a second has cost him seven, several seconds. Um, the, winner out of the, two, the winner out of that whole process actually was uh, Rodrigo Fluca, who made up for his, his whatever disconnect issue, gearbox problem, wherever it was. He's managed to get himself back up to third again. So he took two tyres got uh, track position Nicky Katzberg slight track position back up to 7th which high stands dropped to 8th after that coming together Van Gisbergen with the wobbly wing is 6th so it is Kenton Cook from Spengler from Fluker from Kron from Michimi um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting situation Ben let's have a little update from you of what's been going on in the pits there were very few people who hadn't pitted before the competition yellow yeah, Robert Wickens went into the pits to repair his car under yellow flags. An interesting situation just as the flag came out, though. Uh, Highstand and Katzberg were side by side uh, as they came through the roller coaster, and they both ran wide and onto the grass. Augusto Canapino managed to get past the two of them, but I think he passed them after the yellow flag. So. The results in which uh, you mentioned just a few moments ago, slightly different to what is actually figuring in this safety car queue now, because Katzberg is ahead of Richard Highstand and Canapino is in ninth spot, all because the flag flew as they were kind of sliding across the grass. It's Ben Consiguris along with Nick Damon and me, John Hindorf. 
spread across the globe, but all together in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as we get ready to go back to Green Flag. It looks like the lights are out on the light bar on top of the Porsche safety car, the 911, leading the, f- the field around at the moment after a win for Porsche and Nick Tandy last time out, but Tandy, Ayachan Guven and Earl Bamba not in this race this weekend, or this week, should I say, I keep presuming races are always on a weekend. I really hope when we go back to real racing, we can have some midweek races uh, as well. Just under 37 minutes to go. Tyres will have cooled down. There will not be as much grip. And it is now a sprint to the end for round five of the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational. Michelin presents IMSA iRacing at Virginia International Raceway. VIRs never looked any better in real life or indeed in virtual reality with a little bit of overcast just beginning to catch the evening sunshine here on the borders of Virginia and North Carolina. Through the old go, Kuk Spengler. Yes, he Kron goes past Rodrigo Fluca into third position. So it's Ford, BMW, BMW, Ford. Shane Van Gisbergen in fifth position has gone past Nicky Katzberg on the restart as well, right in there as well Augustin Canapino is up to 8th position as he's made up positions in the uh, bright orange and green Junkos Racing Ferrari No, it's Katzberg going past Van Gisbergen Oh, sorry, the other way around, so my apologies um, Katzberg's made a good start, all the BMWs have uh, oh, picked back again. properly Yeah, Van Gisbergen was up to 5th and Katzberg's gone past yeah, him so again they, But they both gained place because they were 7th and 6th so I think it was, uh, was it Shin Mishimi who's lost, yeah, he's down to ninth, who's lost big time like that, everyone shuffled off a position but uh, Kenton, excellent excellent. He, he, he backed everyone up I think he wanted to make a, a more of a chance that someone might jump Bruno then he went Spengler managed a whole business Jesse Cron up the inside of Fluco. Katzberger into Van Gisbergen. So a great uh, opening few uh, corners for BMW. And now, uh, under pressure, is uh, the, the Ford. And, and it looks like also moving forward is the uh, Ferrari of Canapino. So this is good news. Yeah, it's the Junkos racing car with the green stripe down. It's side by side with Richard Highstand. And they just, I think, avoided trading paint there at the top of the roller coaster. Hello to Tim Van Gisbergen has hit the number 10 of Nicky Katzberg. The BMW is spinning on the grass. Now, racing incident maybe. Remember, there's no real-world stewards here. So he might get away with that. And here comes that battle that we were talking about. I think there's damage to Van Gisbergen. He slowed as he comes through the right-hander and he's got oh Canapino's gone through on high stand gets it done he's got through and in behind them is Shinya Machini with the bright pink bonnet on his Porsche and then behind him is Richard Westbrook with the top 10 and AJ Allmendringer improves to 10. Hello to Tim Fulbrook who has tweeted at IMSA at radio saying can we do this every week? Even when <laughs> racing is back, I'm loving the action. But the key thing is, John, whether Van Gisbergen hit him or not, the net effect is that Nicky Katzberg has dropped right out of the major points. This is a huge moment for the championship. It may mean that Spengler might go into the last round already having been crowned champion. And it does probably mean that he doesn't have to pass Kenton no, Cook. Not at all. He can pace himself down and he will be getting told that information from his BMW motorsport crew. AJ Allmendinger, 10th. Uh, this is by far... The, oh, a huge moment as he came out of Oak Tree. Crossed it right up. More than a dab of up or there. Had to slam it onto the lock stops as the back end of his Porsche was sliding uh, around. Dinger 
in 10th position Scott Hargrove just three tenths behind him number 60 running in blue and white colours this weekend the bright green cars Hargrove and he's got company and the company that Hargrove uh, has got uh, is one of the BMWs it's a 23 car now that's John Edwards John Edwards then in 11th position then it's Sebastian Prio in there as well and Prio goes through in the triple one so AJ Allmendinger off the circuit has lost a couple or three places now as through goes the 38 of Kyle Masson that bright tangerine car Katzberg down to 27th place I'm just wondering if I, I saw the end of that um, Van Gisberg and I'm wondering whether that might have been a bit of net code because something Ben noticed in the information he has is that being in Australia uh, Van Gisbergen has very high ping at the moment, so the, so the computer's having to guess a lot more, and there didn't seem to be contact for the bit we saw. So AJ Allmendinger in the blue and white car, he was coming up to the top of the hill last time around. Did he make a mistake on his own? Oh, he did. Horrible understeer as he just got too deep into the top part of the roller coaster, and the MSR blue and white machine went off onto the track he's actually done well to hang on to that because it runs very steeply downhill there on driver's left and he could easily have ended up in the tyres I've seen that in real life I think one of the Corvettes went in very hard there a few years ago in in reality Nick yeah in both reality and in uh, in virtual if you go off a little bit faster at that he, he actually managed to get some of that corner done and managed to get around a little bit of the uh, of 14 but if you go off earlier in 13 you're just heading uh, out of control into the fences and it's certainly in control is Spengler Spengler now thinking of that move on uh, Kendrick so what do you do if you're Spengler guys I'll ask you both Nick first of all you're leading the championship your nearest contender in the championship has dropped out of a decent points finish you don't need to win this race he may or may not we don't know have a performance advantage on Kenton Cook he's looked fairly cool calm and collected Ben if you're I know what you would do but what do you think <laughs> what do you think Spengler you'd have it straight up the inside into turn one what do you think Spengler will do Ben uh, I think he, he's a sensible driver and uh, he doesn't need to do anything and if he's a friend of Kenton Cook he will give him redemption after all of those issues that Kenton's had over the last couple of races and allow him to take victory here. That's what, you know, a kind man would do. Uh, lots of green on the timing screen at the moment. Uh, 143.6 is the fastest lap of his race for Jesse, Jesse Kron. Shane van Gisbergen in fifth, 143.6. 144.3, Corey Lewis, 143.6. Conor de Felipe, so lots of green now. Everybody, remember our Porsche keys to the race. We said, have pace when it counts. When it counts, Nick Damon, is right now. Patience was a virtue. Not everybody has had that. Certainly Spengler and Kenton Cook have done it. They've stayed clean, they've stayed quick, they're first and second. Their tyre strategy looks at the moment like it's paying off. They've got track position with a shorter pit stop, but with the battle that's going on between Rodrigo Fluca in fourth, Van Gisbergen in fifth and Canapino in the Ferrari in sixth. Who of these three is going to have the pace when it counts? Well, Van Gisbergen appears to be uh, throwing caution to the wind, so it's going to be a worry from Fluca. But interesting, what's happening at the front is that Jesse Kron now is absolutely the uh, finish oh. driver. It's getting way closer. So it's, now, mm. it's now a triumphant uh, leading up and Jesse Cron definitely wants to win definitely wants a point and isn't particularly right. interested in the championship though of course he won't want to uh, uh, affect Bruno anyway well and that it changes the dynamic immensely at this point Bruno 
I would not expect Bruno to fight overly hard against the BMW behind him but Jesse Cron has the pace when it counts at the moment his last lap a 43.5 7 tenths quicker than the two cars ahead on the last lap alone he's closed in well it was three tenths of a second a moment or two ago it's not even that now and this will change the dynamic we know that the Ford takes a little bit longer to get heat into its tyres it means it doesn't wear its tyres quite as well but I've got a feeling Ben you told us that Jesse Crum took four tyres whereas the two leaders only took two no no they're all on the same strategy they've all oh. taken 45 second stop the first of the two tyre stoppers is Fluka Ah. in uh, fourth position. Right. I just want to go quickly back to Nicky Katzberg and Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, Nicky was very much alongside Shane, had the inside line for the second part of the corkscrew, the right-hander, uh, and just moved over too much onto Van Gisbergen, who didn't have anywhere to go. And, and Nicky kind of ended up with contact and spinning himself out. The main problem was, just because it was just after the yellow flag, that there was then a 42-car train yes. to coming past him. He couldn't get back onto circuit, uh, and that is why he's fallen so far back. Uh, and the battle for seventh is raging on with Richard Westbrook going side-by-side side with Richard Highstand. The two Fords together at the top of the hill. Can Shinya Mishimi in the pink and black Porsche make here uh, at the... Hogpen through, goes Westbrook, so he's put lead in the fluffy unicorn slippers, he's not using the equal part of the Ford equal boost engine at the moment, he's certainly got the boost uh, turned right up and side by side, here comes Mishimi through the little right kink on the start finish line, down towards the heavy braking area into turn one, just getting a little bit into twilight now isn't it really, with a little bit of overcast taking the edge off the sun but it'll give a lovely sunset at VIR towards the end of the race with just on 27 minutes to go. Seventh position now, new seventh position. Richard Westbrook, I think this would be his best finish if he could hold on to that. Then high stand, Mishimi, certainly looking quick and certainly looking a little bit frustrated at the moment behind Richard Highstand in the blue and white Ford at the head of the field. The top three are separated by only six tenths of a second. That is quality stuff. And now, now we will see, Nick Dearman, what the tactics is going to be from the BMWs. You'd expect these guys to be talking together because although they're running in different coloured cars, they are both worked BMW entries and drivers. Well, last time out, Kenton Cook did his fastest lap of the race with 143.757. It was still minutely slower than what Spengler was doing. Now, Spengler really hasn't got the luxury of sitting behind because what that has brought is what, uh, yes, he crowing into play because they're about six seven tenths faster he needs to try and get past to try and stretch away from kenton cook now the one thing i have noticed about kenton is he is and the car itself is the ford has seemed a bit slower towards the back end of races not always his fault it's not because someone's hitting a wall but the car doesn't seem as quick in the second half of the races as either the bmw or the porsche has been in previous uh, events so he's under intense pressure he's got to keep on doing his personal best it, realistically, the only place where you're going to get past without a mistake, or even make an attempt without a mistake, is at the, in the back straight coming into 13 with a toe. Otherwise, there isn't without. Or a down the turn one. It's not. I don't think there's an overtaking position without. I think a really if you good get toe. if you get a really good run out of the final corner at Hogpen, and you can get to the right hand side of the track for that kink, you then then it's a battle of the late breakers, and it really is 
very you have to be very brave indeed. But you can do a block pass if because the corner is so long. You can you can take a little more speed into the first part of the corner, then roll off the brakes and then turn tight into yeah, the second I mean, part of the I corner. I think if Jesse Crone was in second, you might see an attempt to block pass through turn one, which is quite risky. I can't see Bruno doing that because he's got a championship in his mind. How good do the AVS colours look on the Porsche, by the way? We've seen it on BMW, we've seen it on Ford, and now we've seen it on Porsche as well. The M. Vassar Sullivan guys not uh, afraid to mix it up as Van Gisbergen goes down the inside of Fluger in the second part of the Oak Tree turn. That's a super manoeuvre, and that tells me that no matter what Van Gisbergen is driving, and he's been used to driving a BMW in this, what do we know about him? Our Porsche keys the race, we talked about pace when it matters, and that's right now, and Van Gisbergen saves his bullets to the end of the race. He's clearly got grip to spare, the way he tightened down in the second part. He's certainly got the front end of that one well up, and as you, as, as you can see, his rear wing has been repaired during his pit stops, so the car is back to full health, it seems. But, uh, yeah, that was a, a, a mastery of actually having the front end when you needed it. Just battles everywhere on the track at the moment. First, second and third together. Then we've got Van Gisbergen in fourth with Fluke and Canapino. Then Westbrook has got Mashimi, High Stand, and John Edwards has joined that party as well for BMW. That's your top ten. Ten seconds between first to tenth. And little groups of cars that are battling within tenths of seconds of each other. And they're all for significant places within the top 10. Just outside the top 10, Scott Hardwick Grove is running a great race for that bright green number 92, the full torque gear car. Then it's Adrian Olmendinger recovering after his little off-track incident uh, after the restart, the 60 blue and white uh, MSR car. Then Daniel Morad, Conor De Filippi, Corey Lewis, Ben Waddell, Philip Eng, Harry Tinknell, Tristan Nunes and Sebastian Prio for the top 20. That's your master race rundown as we move into the last 24 minutes of the race. But the front of the field, Ford, BMW, BMW, we've said, have we not, Nick Dearman, throughout this five-race series to now that there's no doubt in our minds that the Ford has the pace, but they've not been there at the end of the race, and there's a problem Tyson for Rodrigo. Again. It's Fluka, Fluka. Fluka, same, same thing again. And the same part of the track. Lost drive again coming out of the, uh, the oak tree. That's a really strange Now, Interestingly, you've got very tight in the top three, and what you've noticed as they go round, that normally uh, Bruno Spengler is happier being slightly further behind Kenton Cook than Jesse Crowley behind Bruce Springer. There's a race now down. That's high stand. The high stand and the 23 of John Edwards. John Edwards. He's made the move. Edwards has gone through. So high stand's lost a position there. Edwards up to eighth now. And high stand just not with the pace in the second half of the race. He did lead this, but of course, then he came out right in front of Robert Wiggins. And I, I think that damage. He's probably got. He's probably hand, he is carrying a small amount of. Uh, uh, non-visible damage that's costing him a little bit here and there but the uh, the leaders are getting tighter and tighter and tighter Mashimi now has another go at the 67 the blue and uh, well for the golf coloured really isn't it it's a sort of lighter blue for uh, Richard Westbrook 6th and 7th is the battle there Westbrook in his best position so far in the series and he has really applied himself uh, to this and after midnight in the UK here, after a very warm and sunny few days here in late spring, I suppose early summer now. Been absolutely glorious weather here in the UK and these guys have been locking themselves away, missing the sunshine to get a bit of practice in. And when I say a bit of practice, I actually mean a lot 
yeah. of practice. Probably four or five hours a day for the last few days. Just to, 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 a, to learn every intricacies of every single bump and every single curve of the track, but also to start working on setups. And Katzberg's else. been in the pit. Yes, he had, he had another off. Uh, um, he lost 12 seconds again. So it's really a case now, if Bruno can uh, take this home into second, I'm not sure about the other people who are challenging overall, like Shimi Mishimi, whether it would be enough to get the championship. But uh, it could be that this second would be enough. Kenton running his standard chrome pink colours. He's had the keep your concentration and don't fall off the track message, which he can't actually fit into that rear wing. <laughs> so he sort of he's distilled that down. Coming out of a win on Saturday in the 12 hours at Monza for the uh, again on iRacing in a different car in a GT3 that was AJ Allmendinger at Hogpen uh, and so he's gone into the pits 12th position for AJ oh, he'll be annoyed with himself unless he it was an issue beyond his control he was having such a good race in the top 10 back to Kenton Cook our leader driving the GT3 Audi at Monza at the weekend along with Meco Bortolotti uh, and won the race so he's got real motivation <laughs> now what happened to AJ was battling with the now is that John Edwards he was battling with the 23 I think it is yeah, yeah behind Scott Hargrove no just it was Conor Felipe. just went off just went off himself just went off himself new colour scheme for him this week there. Maybe in a rage quit. Just that's the other enough. I can't keep falling off because he could have driven the car back on again. It was undamaged. As Shinya Mishimi continues the battle with Richard Westbrook, uh, which is looking for sixth and seventh. Quite static. The car's making their speeds in similar ways in this track. There's no, there's no, interesting, we're not seeing a point where we think, oh, the Porsche's fastest who turns X, Y, and Z. And it's true. Um, yeah, and the straight line speed is very similar. Westbrook just moves to block any attempt for a bit of a, a toe up and she looking on the outside. That's Carrying very close. Of speed, got a nose wobble in didn't he, as he came in there. He just had a little bit extra braking. You really have to be much further alongside to make that work into the first part of the complex at the top of the hill, the roller coaster. You, it, is a, it is nominally speaking a left-hander first, but actually you've you, almost straight line that so the first corner that you take is that right hander just on the brow and you've got to be if you're going to make that one work you've got to be so brave but you've got to be further alongside the machine he was there yeah because you're turning in 150 miles now it's, it's two and a half cars wide and you need to have two cars in there and you've got to trust that the person you're overtaking wants to be overtaken it's the top three sweep round Yessie Cron getting very aggressive Yes, he Cron caught these guys pretty quickly I thought he had a big performance advantage but remember what we were seeing earlier on in the Michelin countdown to green with our Porsche keys to the race is you have to have patience patience at VIR is a virtue and he's got there but now he's got to pick his time and at the moment he's playing follow up my leader cannot afford damage at this point that would be it all over for him there will not be another pit stop it's the sprint of the flag now I think it looks like he might have a tiny performance advantage but he's not been able to use it and that will ebb away towards the end of the race. The tyres and the fuel strategy now really just 
basically evening out. As he came through South Bend turn 10, you could see he was actually having to feather off the throttle to go as slow as the two guys in front of him. Now, it's likely that Kenton is the person who's limiting the speed of Bruno, and Bruno's limiting the speed of Jesse, and Jesse is looking much more like he was, if you look at this, that Bruno's giving himself a little bit more breathing space to what Kenton Cook is, whereas Jesse's right on the tail and getting aggressive as possible with Spengler. I think he's pretty sure if he can get Spengler, then he can oh. get the lead. Now, who was off there next to Scott Hargrove? Well, Scott Hargrove comes through in 10th so I that was the Westbrook. Westbrook car Richard Richard Westbrook's gone off so Scott Hargrove up into the top 10 uh, in ninth Richard Heisten's gone through into 10th Philip Eng has gone through into the 11th so Richard Westbrook who was on for his best finish sitting inside but I think the Fords are struggling for grip now I yeah. really do well he came off again uh, at the 13 or 14 and, and it is so easy to do Ben yeah, just looking at the lap times that Kenton's doing over the last couple of laps, and he is as fast as he's ever been uh, in this race so far. Last lap was his fastest lap of the race, a 43.654. Bruno Spengler's only done a 43.548, so hasn't been much faster, and neither has Jesse Crun. So actually, whilst these three look really, really tight together, they are just running really fast, and Van Gisbergen, in clear air behind, isn't making that much ground on them. So what happened to Weski? He, he was getting pushed, almost bump-drafted by Shinja Mishimi. Now, we saw Shinja the lap before try to get up the right-hand side of the circuit and get to the right-hander at the top of the roller coaster first. He's got a decent draft as he's going down the school straight. Dodges to the left, dodges to the right. He's got the overlap. He's going to try and make it stick. And there was the no. touch. There was the touch. Naughty. Westy trying to defend Shinja thought he was there I'm not sure Ben he was far enough up there on the Ford your thoughts well he'll know that there's a car alongside him because his spotter his automated spotter in iRacing would have told him uh, so he really shouldn't have shut the door but at the same time it was an optimistic move to try and get down the inside from that far back low percent uh, the low percentage lunge, or was that over-aggressive defence, Nick Dearman? Uh, I think that uh, Westbrook didn't realise he was going to be there because it was such a back-of-the-car touch, and Machini really possibly should have had his nose back out of that corner again, but that's a, a bit of a racing incident. I think I think that uh, Richard will feel pretty hard done by. Uh, Richard coming back onto the track has picked up Daniel Morad as he reversed back onto the track, or at least regained the track picked up Daniel Morad and they're both dropping down the timing and scoring screens at the moment Daniel in 14th Richard all the way down in 20th now but what a run this is for Scott Hargrove in the Porsche with the uh, Andy Blackmore design on their full torque gear these uh, that's uh, race gear designed for race enthusiasts by races and Jim van Gisbergen in fourth position and can see the leaders on the long straight leading up to the top of the hill. He's a long way back. He's three and a half seconds back. But last time around, he was a tenth quicker than the fastest of them and a couple of tenths quicker than the slowest of the, um, uh, the three tenths quicker actually than the Jesse Kron car in third position. Now, Van Gisbergen, we've said this, Nick, so many times before, he is masterful at finding pace at the end of the race. We watched him do it at mid-Ohio. It didn't quite pay off for him 
there he did a, a tricky strategy but every time it was a, a weather tech as well yeah, wasn't it was, he, was close he had he had a great run and was actually possibly uh, denied a shot at least of having a go at the lead by getting up cut, uh, 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 from one of the back markers right daniel morad uh, in 14th position tristan nunez sebastian prior rodrigo fluke kyle masson and tom o'gorman uh, and Uncle Tom Cobley and all are all behind. So that's 14th down to the end of the race, I think. <laughs> of all line astern coming across the star finish line. The one you can easily pick out there is Carl Bassoni in the bright tangerine Porsche. That really suits that car, that colourway, by the way. Yeah, I mean, just... Uh, but interestingly, that's what moving back to the front again. You'll find that Jesse Cronin has just sucked the fastest lap of the entire race in, the 143.4. But personal best for Bruno Spengler and personal best for Kenton Cook. But the, the net effect was a slight gain on Kenton. But uh, three of them all went fast in the Shane Van Gisberg as they felt the pressure of the Australian, who really does come good at the end. Yeah, Kenton Cook's put his fastest lap of the race in. 43-5, 43-4 from Spengler, 43-3 from Jesse Cron, 43-7 that time around from Shane Van Gisberg. The advantage of Van Gisberg and Scott is that he's in clear air the advantage the three leaders have got is that they're drafting each other and the disadvantage that the BMW's got and we've seen how strong those cars are is their speed at the moment is being governed by Kenton Cook but he's turning his fastest laps of the race now Shinji Mishimi in sixth and he's only 10 seconds away from the leaders 43-7 that's his fastest lap of the race they have been reading the Porsche keys to the race they have saved some performance in the fast draw and with a dozen minutes left here at round five of IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational 2020 it's Michelin presents the IMSA iRacing at uh, Virginia International Raceway dozen minutes left and still all three I would suggest podium positions up for grabs and you certainly wouldn't count anybody who's fourth fifth sixth on down to probably tenth because this could end up in a <laughs> This could end up in a bin liner full of carbon fibre parts. Yeah, it's, got a, it's either going to be a, an absolute grandstand finish or a finish that ends up in the uh, stewards room because they are pushing hard. And Jesse Cron particularly really looking to go for it. But uh, they're particularly quick at the moment. They're, their fuel is burning off. They all took tyres less than half an hour ago. So they are in an ideal situation. And the track will have gripped up, John. Yeah, that's a good point. The track evolves all the way through. The temperature will be dropping just a little bit. Remember, it's nearly 100 degrees. Uh, on the track when we started now back a few moments ago we were watching that conga line for 14th position and oh my goodness three car accident which uh, involved sebastian prio uh, and i think richard westbrook was in there and no surprises kyle Masson was in there as well and i say no surprises not to to uh, criticize kyle but you can't miss his car yes he's the easiest one to pick out so well kenton's not been involved in anything yet. Oh, sorry, Kent. Now, probably uh, there's the curse of the commentator. Hashtag blame Hindo. <laughs> uh, so, John, go ahead, Ben. There's a pop, there is a possibility that that is going to happen very shortly. They've had clear track for the last couple of laps. They've been able to push as this three-man team. But now they're catching Joel Miller as a back marker. And we know that back markers are hard to pass sometimes if they're caught in the wrong position. And this could really mix things up. That's the black Ferrari just ahead. 32nd position for Joel. Oh, he spun. And he spun right in front of the leaders. That's the... Uh, oh, oh, and second goal. Spengler's out. Leader in the championship has been tipped out as he lifted off to avoid Joel Miller 
trying to re rejoin. He's got damage to the right rear suspension see, on that car. Is his toe, toe link gone? Yeah. It just looked like it. I think the, the right rear tool link's gone. Let's see if he gets up to no, speed. Okay. Here comes Mashimi. He... He's dropped down to fifth position. Mashimi's right there in sixth as the uh, Michelin Ferrari regains the track. Not, I, I don't think that was Jesse Kron's fault there. I just think that was checking up from Spengler as that Ferrari went. And still no sign of any emotion at all from the championship leader. Just a scant eight-point lead coming into this race. Yeah, I mean, coming in the crystal ball to Ben because he predicted this was going to happen. He said, here comes a back mark. Something's going to happen. And straight away it did. And it'd be interesting again. Hashtag whether Glenn it, Consti. Yeah, whether it was actually a tip <laughs> from the back from... Uh, uh, Yes, he chrono. Actually, he just he hit the brakes or eased off whilst turning, which can spin you round. So let's see this one again. Yeah, let's uh, have a quick look back. So the leaders are making their way. Ben Constantinus points out that Joel Miller is ahead of them. Joel has a spin right in front of them. I think that he was going already. I don't think he got touched. I think he was looked like the rear end of the Spengler's car, almost as if he pinched the exit of that and just. I think he got, held on to the lock too long. Too far over the uh, the curb and got a little, bit of, a little bit of dirt, and it started to go. Now whether he got helped, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe we can get an idea from Jesse Kron's on board as we have a look and a listen. Turn two is flat out. Turn three is where Joel Miller goes. That's the NASCAR turn. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what touch. he what he tried to do was avoid any issue if if Miller had come back on. So he pinched into the corner not coming out that got the tail end of the BMW going and just as he thought he might be getting it back along comes his teammate Jesse Cron and just tips him around he has got back going again but he's dropped down into fifth position the only good news out of that is that his major contender for the lead of the championship Nicky Katzberg is well down the order yeah, I mean, I think that's that's that is the definition of a racing incident because Spengler had got the thing out of shape. He got a bit of a tank slapper on. He just got it back. But of course, Krohn, who's sitting two or three tenths behind you, well, you know, that tank slapper takes more than two or three tenths away. What, where you can't make your car disappear, so you're going to lightly touch him and that pushed him off. But luckily, I don't think he's had any real damage. Now we get to find out the relative performance of the Kenton Cook Ford and a BMW M8. Bruno Spengler wasn't about to press the argument too much however that was because he was in the lead of the championship however that's not the case for Jesse Kron he wants the race with to get BMW back on the top step of the podium and Spengler is fighting a rear guard action now with uh, maybe a little bit of accident damage after that touch with Shinya Mishimi Ben's been watching the lap times and what's been going on looks to me as though Spengler may be just a little bit compromised yeah, pace isn't that great. Certainly not what it was before. And it, for me, he just got drawn into looking at the spinning car and, and analysing where it might go. And by doing that, as you say, pinched the apex and lost the rear end of the car. And the second snap was... Uh, he probably would have caught it had he not had contact oh, I think with so. Jesse. But, uh, but sadly, Jesse was already there. And now he's struggling. I just want to see what Jesse Crone can do against Kenton Cook. Well, they've They're got traffic. They're coming to more back markers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's possibilities again. Fourth position for Augustin Canapino, the man from Argentina. And that would be the best Ferrari finish by some margin if he could stay there. He's got Shane Van Gisbergen ahead of him by just three tenths of a second. That is a podium position ahead 
of Augustin Canapino at the moment and it could be even better than that with the <laughs> sort of battle that's going on six minutes to go the back marker has been passed it was another one of the AVS cars I think that they've just gone by yes it was and now Kenton Cook has just four laps to the end of the race it is a timed race and remember in iRacing it's only when time elapses that the white flag comes out there's no back counting if you will so if time elapsed now the white the uh, checkered flag would come out as they cross the line if time elapses at this point of the track as they go down into turn one then effectively the white flag would be shown behind them and they would come round to the checker but there's no uh, there's no back timing of the race there's no uh, white flag coming out until all the zeros are on the screen in the top left hand corner Kenton has barely put a wheel wrong here through the left hook and into the snake very tight part of the circuit here very very precise driving required and it's so tempting to just try and straight line it a little more but the grass is on forgiving and these cars are accelerating hard they're losing grip at the end of the run on the Michelin tyres and the Michelin tyres are great and Michelin do a lot of testing here on the Patriot circuit and on the big circuit as well for their street tyres and their race rubber but good as the Michelin slicks are they are not rallycross tyres and as soon as you get onto the grass here there's a big difference in the grip coefficient between tarmac and the green stuff so we're predicting that this will be 49 laps. Down the back straight now. It's interesting to see whether Jesse Crone can actually get any sort of toe on uh, Kendrick Cook. Because it's interesting, the last couple of laps, I kind of thought that Jesse would come straight up the back of him, straight onto him, immediately start pressurising him. But he just stayed that three or four tenths behind that Bruno Spengler was. It's the battle of Royal now for third and fourth as Augusto Canapino really wants to be the first Ferrari on the podium in an IMSA Pro event. And he's pressurising Shane Van Gisberg. In a way, Shane Van Gisberg can pressurise other people. So, Canapino down the, uh, the front straight. Will he be able to throw wow. the inside? Probably not, but he is getting closer and closer and edging all the time. How good does the Junkos Racing livery look on that Ferrari 488? as they're coming up to traffic and it's one of, oh, and a mistake by Van Gisberg and I haven't said that very many times in real world or in the virtual yeah. reality racing side by side but Canapino's on the wrong side of the track there will he try the over and under and try and throw it up the inside into turn four the left hook there's definitely a performance advantage to the number 66 Ferrari can we see three different manufacturers on the podium even if it stays like this we would have Ford BMW and Porsche it could be Ford BMW and Ferrari if Canapino can get through this is the biggest variety we've seen in the closing stages in any one of the preceding four IMSA iRacing Pro Invitationals here in 2020. Top four cars are the four chassis, and that you can't ask for anything more than that. Ferrari finally found a uh, a flyer at the front in Augusto Canapino, and he's pushing very, very hard against Van Gisbergen. And Nicky Katzberg down the field, but has just set the new fastest part uh, lap of the race, 143.4. As the battle for 30th. the lead starts to get. Uh, absolutely tasty and BMW around the outside there's an opportunity here Kenton hits the kerb on the entrance to the roller coaster 
and managed to get the door closed in time. But here comes the BMW down the inside again. But then, well, this is this is now stout defence by by the Ford driver Kenton Cook. The BMW all of a sudden seems to have unleashed some extra power. It's not exactly the Jerry Bruckheimer extra gear, but there's certainly something that is going on here, and it looks like the rear end of the Ford is struggling oh. for grip now, under braking as well, a little bump and run through the first part of turn one, and the BMW's through, and Cook is off, Kenton Cook is eased off, ushered off, and somehow he manages to hold onto that, I'm not sure that that was entirely necessary from Jesse Cron, because he clearly has a performance advantage, and we are on to the last lap that was literally starting the last lap of the race the lead changes and clearly Jesse Cron knows that and he pressed the go button basically he knew time was running out and now we see what the advantage was for the BMWs and how Bruno Spengler was waiting and biding his time Jesse Cron caught the two leaders Spengler went off and now he's muscled his way to the front, but he's got another BMW ahead of him onto the school straight. Half a lap to go. Under a John, minute. We've got another lap after that. Do I you think, think we're going to get another lap? Another lap, Ben, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. We, we came across the line at two minutes to go. A lap is 1.45, right. so it's going to be tight. Um, and it gives an opportunity for Augusto Canapino also uh, to change positions. And kept oh, oh, it's a touch on the leader. The BMW's around. Kenton Cook will feel that that was what was source for the BMW, was source for the Ford as well. And round goes the Jesse Kronkeis drop down behind Van Gisbergen and Canapino. So we might not even have a BMW on the podium here after they dominated the early rounds. And now Canapino is racing Shin Van Gisbergen for second position. This officially is the last lap. White flag will come out on the start-finish line right now. And Canapino battling for second position. Where is... And Mishimi's up into fourth. As Spengler is back into fifth. Drawn down into eighth behind Felipe. And I'll tell you who else we've lost as well. We've lost Scott Hargrove as well. He was in the top ten and he's disappeared. While we were looking at the leaders. Uh, reasonably so, I feel. So Kenton Cook clearly feeling a little hard done by in the change of lead on the penultimate time through the roller coaster but the second position has not yet been resolved here comes the Junkos Ferrari on the Imbassa Sullivan Porsche into the Oak Tree for the final time and they've got traffic now who gets the better drive out of Oak Tree pretty even Porsche getting the draft from the BMW. Ferrari getting the draft from Van Gisbergen's Porsche. The BMW's not in this fight. Not in this fight. Meantime, Kenton already at the end of that school straight. And Cook, is this finally redemption for Kenton Cook? He's got three more corners. And behind him, the battle is raging on. Canapino surely will not throw this away now. It'll be the best result for a Ford. And a first win for Ford and Kenton Cook. And Porsche are going to be second by the look of it. If Van Gisbergen can hold on. Kenton Cook, the man who makes his home now in North Carolina, wins in Virginia. Kenton Cook 
for Ford, wins it from Van Gisbergen in second. Augustin Canapino brings the Ferrari home in third position. And in fourth, Shinja Mishimi, Bruno Spengler, the championship leader, is in fifth position and salvages some points. What a brilliant finish. Scott Hargrove down in 26th after running uh, solidly in the top 10 towards the end of the race. So there was clearly some incident there. But that is the redemption that Kenton Cook needed. And he now has two race wins in the same week. Last Saturday and this Thursday. So under seven days. You're only as good as your last result. And he's been very good indeed in his last two races. In two very different races. 12 hours of Monza and the 90-minute sprint here. Nick Damon. Kendon Cook there, amazing there. So much respect initially between the two of them. They came through down the hill 13, 14. We saw Jesse Cron back out of an accident with Shinya Mishimi calls, which was with Mishimi with Westbrook, yes. And they backed out. And they come through there. This is them actually going through that. So th this, is, this is coming through to the final part of that. Hello to Mike Rose. What a great last few laps, he said. Let's review what led up to the original change of leaders. Nick said... From this point, it's all been incredibly respectful. Yes, it has. But but it, but you're going into the last two laps. And we, we thought the BMW might have a performance advantage. So going down into turn Screwly one... on the brakes. It, it, it looked like Kent lost the, the rear end of the car. And effectively, at that point, the BMW gets the drive. What I don't think was required by Crom was him pushing across to the left-hand side and easing out the bright chrome pink car. And that's what's annoyed Kenton because the tap he got was because he'd actually he got his brake. That wasn't the wrong. issue. It was the taking him off the tracks. So At this I point, agree. Kenton's now really, really annoyed, and I expect we'll see what happens. In a few yeah, we're, we're going to follow this for the whole of the the lap. So up through the S's, Kenton has really got his head down and almost corner by corner. You can see he's hammering the curbs up through the S's and then. Takes a huge amount of speed through the last left-hander left at the top of the hill before he comes into Oak Tree. Is there a little bit of an advantage given to the BMW in the draft from the other car? I don't think so. He gets a really good run. Which way does the bat marker go? Left and right. And is that a part of the issue? The Ford... At this point, halfway down the school straight, doesn't look to be in position to challenge. This is the last lap. Let's not forget this. As he's coming through, and Kenton locks up, locks up the front Michelins. Clearly, see, it was the lightest of touches, but you're right on the top of the brow there, and there is the issue. Right on the, the top of the is, brow. Having now seen he locked up, I'm now not thinking it was quite as deliberate as it no, was. No, he wasn't. I, I, think, don't it, think, that was I think it was red mist, and he was just pushing so, so hard. That he actually hit the brake, and that was. And then, so I'm going to let Kent, Kenton. That was just uh, driving. That was actually the penultimate lap. Excuse me, Kenton brought it home. That's the race. Let's move to Michelin Post Race Tech, and we'll see if we can uh, grab some drivers uh, that uh, have taken part in that. Let's first of all give you the rundown. Top three, Augustin Canapino in third for Ferrari. Ferrari and the Argentinian's best result. Shane van Gisbergen has his best result. Second place, uh, backing up Porsche's victory last time out from Nick Tandy. Second place for the cars from Porsche Motorsport at Visac. And Ford on the top step of the podium. The Blue Oval reigning supreme, Kenton Cook. 
from now residing in North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. He takes his first win, and that's been a really productive last, uh, what, five, six days for him, having won the 12 hours of Monster at the weekend. Bruno Spengler behind Shinji Mishimi. That's uh, fourth and fifth. Spengler battling for the lead early on. Dropped down to fifth position, or at least actually got back to fifth position. He was as I think, is seventh or eighth. John Edwards, another BMW, in sixth. And the rest of the top ten packed with BMWs, right down to Jesse Cron in ninth. Richard Highstand for Ford in tenth. Jesse Cron, perhaps thinking himself a little bit unfortunate. Corey Lewis for Porsche in eleventh. Ben Waddell in twelfth. Seb Prior gets to the end in 13th ahead of Daniel Morad, Richard Westbrook, Harry Tinknell and Christian Nunes, a whole clutch of Fords there. Jules Goudon in the uh, Michelin-coloured Ferrari in 18th position. Then Tristan Vautier and Kyle Masson in that bright tangerine number 38 Porsche make up the top 20. Not without incident, one should say, uh, that 14th on downwards battle where we were looking at what looked to be a freight train of cars. Rodrigo Fluga, well, he'll find he'll think himself unlucky, but he was rather uh, the uh, architect of his own downfall in some respects, got involved in a couple of incidents, but had the certainly had the pace early on, sitting in what looked to be a fairly restrained third position ahead of Tom O'Gorman. Then it was Aaron Taylor, it's Mason Felipe, Nick Bull in 25th, Tom, Tom Long, a very creditable 26th on his first outing in this series. Michael de Caseda, Nicky Katzberg, the other championship contender in 28th position, having at one stage been right on the outskirts of the top 10, I think. Uh, after... ran as high as 7th. Did he really? Right, OK. Scott Hargrove uh, was inside the top 10. He ran as far as the highest 7th as well, but obviously a problem for the uh, that car. Uh, and then outside the top 30, Matt Griffin, John Miller, Robert Wiggins uh, got, uh, he ran into the Back of Richard Highstand when he, Highstand was coming out the pits. Allman Dinger had a couple of incidents when he was running well inside the top 10 as well for Dinger. He'll be annoyed with himself there. James Vance, Matt Bell started badly for the Rebel Rock racing car and didn't get very much better for Matt, who uh, did get back to 36th ahead of Tyler McQuarrie, Lawrence Vanter, Riley Dickinson and João Barbosa. <laughs> Kenton Cook. Uh, Kenton Cook is... Uh, with us, Kenton, talking to you again, sir. Congratulations, mate. What an absolutely brilliant run. Two race victories, two very different circuits uh, in less than a week. Well done. that entire hour and a half and yeah it was that was good fun <laughs> and uh, the paint job was good luck this time it seemed to be yes it, it absolutely uh, seemed to be talk us through going into i think the last lap but two as it was going down into turn one it looked like you were starting to lose the the grip on the back end of the car i know there was a little touch from from yesi but i don't think that was was uh, particularly uh, uh, deliberate, but it, 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 then he sort of pulled across on you and put you on the grass. Did that annoy you a bit? I mean, yeah, I didn't really give any room on the exit there. Um, I was trying to get the car uh, stopped 
uh, at the apex to prevent the over-under, and I, I did get it stopped enough, but he gave me a little love tap in the center, and that kind of shifted me up uh, a little bit. Uh, but it was, I mean, it is what it is. It's hard racing with these guys. I've I've never raced with, with GTLM drivers, and yeah, they're they're definitely very aggressive, and I knew I knew it was coming to me <laughs> uh, uh, in the end there, but um, it was certainly a soft tap in the middle. But yeah, he didn't really give me any ex- room on the exit, and I just had to put my head down to try to get back to him, uh, not with any vengeance, but to uh, to just try to to get back by him again. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it ended the way it did. But it, um, I'm kind of I'm happy to have won. So uh, uh, just just a thought uh, about you know last Saturday winning in a 12-hour race on uh, Monza, very different circuit here. In the real world, we we might have said, well, you know, that's the monkey off your back. Uh, you've got a bit of confidence. Does that work in the in the, the virtual world as well? It can't hurt. That's for sure. Um. <laughs> and it was very respectful earlier on. You and you and Bruno were having a cracking battle. Yes, he came to join. The three of you were great. It, it was almost like the pin was pulled with about three laps to go. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely pulled. Jesse had had some really good pace there. Um, and there was, it was just, it was just trying to keep him behind me at that. Uh, once, once Bruno kind of had the incident there with lap traffic, uh, but uh, yeah, he he definitely had the pace on me for sure. But it was all about qualifying, uh, really. Mm. Uh, and well, I got, that's got not lucky. <laughs> no, that's never been that's never been anything other than a strong point for you. But you know what we we said it at the start of the race, and I hope that I didn't hex you, and clearly we. We didn't. Getting through those first few laps is so important in one of these races, Kenton. And getting through with a car that's undamaged, which this week you managed to do, and and, and now we've seen what you can turn that into. Yeah, it's nice to finally get a result. It's really, it really is. So I've been working hard to 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 be to be in the fight with these guys, and I'm doing everything on my own with uh, with the help of a, a friend who. Uh, Nick Johnson helped me with uh, some strategy, and man, did he call the perfect fuel? Because we had uh, half a liter left uh, in the tank uh, to, at the at the finish line, so we were able to stay out front in the pit stop. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely good fun to be able to 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 take it to these guys as a as a as a little. As a little guy, as they say, but I'm not very little. <laughs> and the first win for Ford as well. Do you know what I nearly said? I've been so immersed in that. I've said we haven't got far to go home from VIR to Car- to, to North Carolina and to Charlotte, but actually you're already at home. That just tells you how much I've been involved in the last hour and a half. It does get like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's definitely very immersive, uh, especially uh, when when you've got uh, good people around you that you're racing against and. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to be able to race against, you know, people like this. Um, you know, you just go through the entry list and it's just nuts. Like, I, I never in my life thought I would be able to race with these guys. And it's really be able to cool. It's really cool to be able to have the opportunity, albeit virtually, uh, but to, uh, to to run with these these uh, caliper of drivers. And who knows? Hopefully I can get get a shot to race with them in, in real life. But you know that's that's a that's another story <laughs> but Ken, yeah Kenton well done mate uh hopefully we'll we'll see you again soon and it'd be nice to see you in the real world soon but it's always lovely talking to you uh, as we do uh, have a good evening have a bit of celebration uh, and we'll we'll see you for the next one mate well done yeah thanks man have a good one you too Kenton Cook joining us uh, here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Well, we've talked to the winner. We're rapidly running out of time. Let's have some final thoughts. Uh, quick final thought from 
from you, Ben. Finally, a Ford on top of the podium. So we've now had three different manufacturers in the last three races. The BMW stranglehold seems to be broken, at least from the results side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Ford definitely wasn't the fastest car out there today, and Kenton said it himself, but they managed to seal the deal and get a victory, and it's fantastic to see all those different brands. Now it's turn of Ferrari for the next one. Yeah, yeah. okay. Is that your prediction? Hashtag Blaine Constant again. (laughs) I just like it. (laughs) Uh, Nick Damon, you said about the respect uh, in the early part of the race. It's... I think we saw, didn't we, that Bruno was thinking championship there. Anybody who, who doesn't think that, that the drivers have got real-life emotions, real-life thoughts on this, um, we've always said the competition is real. Bruno was thinking championship there early on. He didn't need to put himself anywhere. And as soon as it became Yessi versus Kenton, that was a different dynamic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously Bruno would be kicking himself for the error around the back markers. But those things happen. You suddenly have something thrown in front of you. It's not the worst result. And he's picked up fifth. And Nicky Katzberg's nowhere. Though Shinya Mishimi did gain a few points in him, I think will be his only potential challenger. Um, the interesting thing was, I did feel, I, you know, I did think that VR was going to race well, but would involve a lot of incidents because of the narrowness of the track. And that's what's happened. But finally, Kenton Cook showed us a four can win. And Kenton Cook showed us he can survive the first three laps as well. Nick Damon and Ben Constantuis were alongside me virtually in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks to Cisco and Drew uh, for iRacing's production team. Tim Gray was our executive producer in London. The responsible adult was everywhere, of course. Thanks to you for watching and listening. Saturday, it's the Nürburgring Langstrecken Series with us here on RSL. Join us for that. It's Bruce Jones and me, John Hindhoff for a three-hour race and we'll be back with the next round of the IMSA iRacing Invitational in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.